Thank you, ladies. That was, that was awesome. I enjoyed that very much. All right. I'd like for you to open to Psalm 63 this morning. I'd like to walk with, this, walk with you through this psalm today. It's a, it's a psalm that's uh, it's one about trusting God. It's one that, uh, for me, it challenges me to, to be deeply satisfied with my God. Well, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for today, for being such a, an awesome, sovereign, loving, gracious God. I pray, Father, that you would help us as we look at your word, that it would impact our hearts and minds, that we would be deeply satisfied with you, that this would be a, a continual reminder to us to not only to trust, but to do so deeply. I ask you to bless this time, bless what uh, you've led me to, to talk about today, and that it would be impactful to, to my mind and, and to those who are listening. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So, sorry, I broke my other glasses. These still work. Yeah, these are good. Um, now you're all are blurry, which is great for me. I don't have to imagine anything else. So what do you find to be satisfying? Usually being able to see is satisfying, but what do you find to be satisfying? Um, I like being satisfied. Um, it was my birthday uh, a few days ago. We went to Badger Burger. It's in Oconomowoc. That was a very deeply satisfying burger. I mean, it was, it was, it was like this big around. It was huge. Uh, I like puzzles. That last piece, putting in the puzzle, is awesome. Finishing a book, I love reading good books. And then, then there's the bad thing, after you're done reading the book, it's that down, like, I depre- I'm all depressed because the book is done and I don't have another book and I have to wait and it's sad. Turning in a paper, I find that to be very, very satisfying, especially if it's on time. Uh, I turned in the biggest paper I've ever written uh, a couple months ago. Uh, it's, it was 30 pages over two verses. Uh, it was very deeply satisfying to get that paper accomplished. And they required, well, it was two and a half pages of bibliography. So it was, it was good. I was very satisfied to get that done. Almost to the point I didn't care what the grade was. It's a little weird for us to discuss up here, and I like discussion. You know, if you've had class with me, you know I love having discussion. So, and we, we're up here in the north, and Baptists don't usually shout at the preacher. So, I'm going to ask you a question. What deeply satisfies you? And I want you to tell the person sitting next to you. So, so what is it that you find to be very satisfying? Think about it. Tell that person. Okay, some of you were a little gushy. I can see that. Even, even without my glasses, I can tell there's some blushing. Maybe in the front row. Something you find very satisfying. All right. All right, now we've digressed into something else. So stop it. So I'd like to look what David finds satisfying in Psalm 63. So you've opened up Psalm 63. Let's read through it. It's only 11 verses. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. 
My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Every one that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So I'll look at a little bit of context today uh, about what satisfies you and, and what this, this psalm says. And uh, David is running. Now, there's some confusion over whether he's running from Saul or he's running from Absalom. Um, and, and I can understand that. I, and as I look at it, if you look at verse 11, he refers to himself as the king, but the king shall rejoice. And so I, I take that as to be leaning more towards he's running from Absalom when he wrote this psalm. And it, it fits in both places. I mean, we, we know that David ran twice from people that were trying to attack him. And in the, the wilderness here, we, if you look at 2 Samuel chapter 13, is the, really the reason that we, he ends up running. Chapter 13 of 2 Samuel, and verse 20, it says, And Absalom her brother said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. What had happened was is that Amnon and Absalom both are firstborn sons of David from different women. And Amnon saw his stepsister and thought she was attractive. He ended up raping her. And in part, maybe to get what he wants, then he casts her aside. She says, we could get married. He goes, no, don't want to have anything to do with you. He has his servant toss her out. If she goes to, to be with Absalom, Absalom clearly can tell that there's something wrong. And, and, this is, and this is what he says to her. Behold now thy peace, my sister. Don't even think about it. And so she remained in his, in his house. Verse 21, it says, But when King David heard of these things, he was very wroth. He was very, very angry. But that's all it says. He didn't do anything about it. This definitely occurred after his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah, her husband, where he killed and power raped his, one of his best friends, one of his good friends' wives. And this is part of that punishment, part of the sin, the effect of his sin that plagued his house that was prophesied about. Verse 22, And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced, raped his sister Tamar. Absalom waited a few years to see if David would do anything, and he didn't. So Absalom killed his brother. He killed Amnon. And then he ran away. 
for a long time. And David was convinced to bring him back at one point. They pretty much gave each other a hug and they didn't see each other. This psalm was written about 40 years after the issue with Amnon and Tamar. Absalom had decided that his dad didn't deserve the kingdom, and so he decided to take it from him. If this is when this psalm was written, uh, you definitely see that David is in a very desperate situation. How do you fight against somebody you love that's trying to kill you? The early church referred to the psalm as the morning hymn. John Chrysostom, he said that uh, it was decreed and ordained by the primitive church fathers that no day should pass without the public singing of this psalm. He also observed that the spirit and soul of the whole book of psalms is in this psalm. That's why I chose it. I got to choose my psalm. It was awesome. In fact, the ancient church decreed that this psalm should be sung every Sunday morning by the church. They loved it so much. And that's why they called it the morning hymn. So the theme is one of trust. That's actually, I got that out of Logos. I found a, a multiple different themes in here. But Logos, I liked the best. It said trust. It's one of six psalms that they refer to as being a trust psalm. Um, five of them are written by David. The sixth one is anonymous which the Septuagint attributes to David as well. So Psalm 11, 16, 23, 62, 63, and then 91 being the anonymous hymn. I asked you before, what satisfies you? Are you deeply satisfied with God? So there's some potential reasons to look at this psalm today. Maybe you just like encouragement. I do. Really, that's also one of the other reasons I picked this psalm. I wanted an encouraging psalm. Maybe you don't know what it means to be satisfied with God, and you'd like to know this is the psalm for you. Maybe you're not satisfied now. Maybe you've become dissatisfied because of things that have been going on around you, because of pressures in your life, because of sin that's been done against you. Maybe not even your own sin. And you, you don't know what it means to be satisfied with God. This psalm is for you. I know what it's like to be dissatisfied. Have you ever, we like going thrift, thrift sale shopping. Um, Goodwill is awesome. Uh, I actually, see, being my birthday, I get 20% off of all Goodwills for one day. We hit three on Saturday. <laughs> and we, we haven't bought any lately, but we used to buy puzzles. Well, buying puzzle from a store, that's awesome. It's great, it's new. But buying one that's used, is really good. But guess what the biggest problem is, is when you buy a puzzle that's used. Yeah, that one piece. That's why they got rid of it. It doesn't always happen, but some people are just sad. If you've ever worked on a car, the thing that I hate the most is when the bolt goes bing, 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 all the way down. And then if you don't hit it, hear it hit the concrete, you're like, oh, man. Very dissatisfying. I love Legos. You go into my office, there's Legos there. I got Legos for my birthday. You got Legos for your birthday? Yes, I did. It's not the only thing. I got a burger, too. <laughs> but it was awesome. But when you knock a Lego off the floor, it's never the big one. It's always the little tiny one. 
And if you're not in carpet, it goes skittering across the, me, it's the kitchen floor. Thankfully, it just fell on the chair. But I found it this last time. I do remodeling in our house sometimes. If you've ever built anything from Ikea, I put together a cabinet in the bathroom. And I got to a point, and it's almost done, and I'm trying to fit the drain together, and the piece is missing. It's a plastic piece about that big and thinner than a pencil. I couldn't find it. I spent like 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm going to have to call these people. This is not working right. And then I realized that whoever put it together was a bit of a sadist and decided to put it inside of something else that you had to take apart first that wasn't in the instructions. Very dissatisfying. Do you know that when we are dissatisfied, we cover our unmet needs, what we believe that we want and need, often not with God but with sin? When I'm counseling people, this is what I see more often than not, is that they are actually sinning because they're not satisfied with something and because they're not getting their needs met in the way that they think they should be getting them met, and so they run to sin instead. Pornography, anger, addictions of all kinds. Sometimes we're dissatisfied because somebody has something against us whether real or imagined. In third grade, I had a, a young lady. I moved schools, and I sat next to this lady. This young, well, she was a girl. We were in third grade. And we sat alphabetically. The day that I met her, she hated me for the next three years. And third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, we were all seated alphabetically. She hated me. I found out for a variety of different reasons. It was nothing about me necessarily, but because she and I shared the last name of her best friend who had left and I had taken that person's seat. So it wasn't really anything necessarily against me for, for who I was. I mean, it could have been because you know I'm weird anyway. But it, she just, it was just for no reason at all. There is certainly a feeling aspect of what we consider about ourselves or consider about the things that we long for that we feel deeply about when we're missing those. So these things aren't satisfying. Well, let's find out how David instructs us. And I want to be passionate about God. So number one, we remember that God loves us, that God loves you. Verse one says, O God, thou art my God. He's saying, God, you're mine. My little kids when, they, when they see their friends, like, this is my dad. And the other one goes, this is my dad. And I was like, this is my dad. It's back and forth. Well, that's basically what he's saying, is God, you are mine. He's very earnest. He's very personal. He says, early will I seek thee. And what does he mean about early? Now, we just had the time change, so I think early for us is definitely different. But he's, he's talking about this first thing in the morning kind of deal, that this is early. And when I think of early, I think of, what do you think of when you think of early? The early bird gets a worm. Why does he do that? Well, it's so the other birds don't get it? Well, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe it tastes better in the morning. It's squishy. I don't know. There's a lot of food in this, by the way. Sorry. Um, There are birds that, there's finches that nest in our three-season porch and every morning, beep, 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 beep. They're wanting their early worm, too. 
And I, I think that could also be part of that, hey, they want to be satisfied, so let's get the worm for them so I don't have to hear them go peep, 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 peep. But he's talking about an eagerness. And that's why he says early. That I seek you early. Then, he says, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And there's a couple psalms I want to look at. In Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, it says, As the heart, as the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And so this deer is the, the idea that they're just longing for something to drink. Just that, that deep thirsting. Then Psalm 23, verses 1 and 2, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And he's talking about sheep there. Sheep don't drink at rough water because if they get their fur wet, or their, their whatever, their co- the cotton, the, the, when they get wet, they fall in the water and they can't swim very well. So they like still waters. And that's why that's important there. So David talks about being in a dry and thirsty land. And, and I want to think today is where is your wilderness? Are you in a dry and thirsty land? Are you in an estranged relationship? Do you have difficult circumstances? Are you worrying over things that you can't control? And when we talk about uh, unbelievers and we talk about salvation, Blaise Pascal mentioned that we have a God-shaped heart or we have a God-shaped hole, excuse me, that we want God to fill. And we use all sorts of things to fill it instead. So what does he do, David? He instructs us by his own actions. And he has a purposeful praise to God. He says, verse 2 says, to see thy power and glory. And so this is what he's looking for. This is, this is what he's been longing for. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, and this is where his confidence rests, that he knew where to look. He remembered. He remembered that he had seen God's power and glory. And so he had something that he had planned on doing, something that he enjoyed doing. Especially when the days were good. He established this heart, this habit of rejoicing in God when he was at the temple, when things were good. So that's one of the very most and very important things is that this purposeful praise to God is established, this thirst and longing is established and satisfied in the good days. It says, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. So this loving kindness, Paul also speaks about in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. In verse 4 it says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. The idea is that when we are in heaven with the Lord, that is where he wants to show us his loving kindness forever. It's that hope that we have for our future. Back here in verse 2, it says, Thus will I bless thee while I live. And it's the, as long as I live, I will praise you. 
So he purposes to pray, have a life of praise to the Lord. And this is something that we, we must do if we desire to be deeply satisfied with God, is actually make that decision to do that. Often I think we get saved, we're like, okay, I don't really know what to do after that. But to be purposeful, purposely, deeply longing for God is what David encourages us to do. This is way more than a flippant remark or something that we say just because we're trying to please someone. We ever go off the phone and you went, oh, love you. Oh, wait, that was my boss. My daughter tells me that she loves me all around the universe and back. Ezra tells me, he's my three-year-old, he says, I love you to 10. <laughs> You're like, what's the difference? Well, to 10 to Ezra is just as much as the universe and back for, Del- for Adele. He says, I said, 10? I said, what's, what's 10? He goes, it's a big number. This verse also says, I will lift up my hands in thy name. So he has an ever-growing sense and understanding that God really loves him. He is so intense about his love and praise for the Lord, he lifts his hands up, which we don't do as bad. We lifts his hands up. I've seen some of you, I watch people. I'm a counselor. It's, it's just out of habit. I actually have to force myself not to watch people. I see people all the time. So I've seen you, some of you, when you're singing here, and you close your eyes and praise the Lord? Or will you nod and worship to the Lord? I, I, I was, when I was Pentecostal, I used to be Pentecostal, another story, you'll hear that in class. So I, we, I was a half-hand raiser. I wasn't like the whole or the both. I was just a half. Now it's more of like the fists. It's on the side. We were singing here one day in, in, in chapel, and I was like, man, that was an awesome song. I said, I almost got Pentecostal, and the dean of students at the time said, yeah, I know, almost grabbed your arm. <laughs> he's talking about emotionally worshiping the Lord. And, and so what he's saying is the truth about we know who God is. We've seen his praise. We, we've seen how awesome he is, his strength, his power, that emotion is part of it. It's part of the Imago Dei. God is also has emotions, and we can display those. And that's what he's talking about here. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Some of you are the, the quiet ameners. I appreciate that. You're there. You're in it. But this is the, this love and this thing that we see so deeply that we're emotional. So we recall that God loves us. We thirst and long for God. Our purpose is to praise him. And so I want you to ask yourself, do I long to be with the God who is powerful, glorious, and who he loves even me. Now, we talked about desserts. We talked about, actually, we didn't talk about desserts. I was thinking about desserts. You guys talked about what satisfied you. What is your favorite dessert? So here's another time. Think of your favorite dessert. I know there's ice cream on the, board, on the screen, but what's your favorite dessert? Tell that per- person next to you. Or mumble it to yourself. All right, all right, all right. 
all sorts of desserts. Some, yes, yeah, now you're hungry. Thanks, Matt. Some of you are like, no, I don't like dessert. I like cheeseburger. I know you're out there. My son, we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, so we remember that God is satisfying is the next number, the, the next number here. We are encouraged as we recall what he has done for us. So let's look how he encourages us in verse 5. He says, My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. This is my son. This is Isaac. Well, I have three sons, but this is Isaac. Uh, That's at Frosty Freeze. You can see the sign behind his head. That is a small at Frosty Freeze. Frosty Freeze is like, what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes south of here? They only take cash. That is a small ice cream cone. I don't know what you call that. Encrusted with Jolly Rancher. That's what those little things are. They pummel They've just ground up Jolly Rancher and just, it's, and, and they were, t- I was asking him this morning about, actually it was last night, I was telling Isaac, I said, Isaac, you're in my sermon tomorrow morning. He's like, cool, cool. I said, it's the Frosty Freeze. He goes, I remember that picture. And he's like, that, it was those, it, the Jolly Ranchers just melted in your mouth. I think he finished that one. I don't know. Isaac likes ice cream. <laughs> and ice cream likes him. There's that one time we bought him, you know, that's, I think it's uh, on his birthday, he got a, uh, uh, something from McDonald's, at least I had a straw, so his face was clean then. <laughs> so what do you say when you eat something good? Yum. Um, oh, yeah, more. More is another word, too. <laughs> well, the satisfaction that has driven David to worship him openly is more than just a smile, is worship to the Lord. In verse 6, he says, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. You know, I tried to get up in the middle of the night once. I was like, when I was younger, which is not hard since I'm old now, but when I was younger, I would get up in the middle of the night and that was the wrong, that was the wrong one. There you go. There we go. Uh, I, tr- I thought, you know what? I'm going to do like David. I'm going to get up in the middle of the night and worship God. I tried that and it lasted one time. That's not what he's talking about. I, I literally set an alarm clock and got up at, I don't, I don't remember, I calculated what the middle of the watch night was, and, and it, was, it was after I went to sleep. And I was looking forward to it until I did it, and I was like, Lord, this is not what you desired for us. <clears throat> I mean, really, some of the, one of the most spiritual things you can do sometimes is take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, When he's talking about this, he's talking about, I woke up in the middle of the night. Maybe not because I wanted to, or maybe I was already awake because I was pulling an all-nighter. He wasn't writing a paper, but he was running. And he's talking about, what he's talking about is persistently worshiping the Lord. You have this attitude is that when I, when I get up, that I need to persistently worship the Lord. I, I, as I am awake, I'm praising his name or thinking about him, at the very least. I like to think of my wife often. She's already texted me three times. As you know, some of you know my classes, that's my wife's spiritual gift, is to text me while I'm in a meeting or speaking or something. 
It's awesome. But she knows what I was doing. She actually said, she was, she was praying for me because I'm speaking in chapel. Actually, she said, she hope it goes well. I'm talking about ice cream, so it's got to go well. So it can be distracting. Well, I mean, not the texting, but as I think about Heidi, it can be distracting. I remember when we were uh, not even dating, we were special friending. <clears throat> that I would be distracted in class. I can remember some of the teachers I had. I was being distracted in class thinking about Heidi and the things I want to talk to her about and, and to uh, just discuss with her. And it challenges me because I wonder, how come sometimes I don't think about God that often? In the, my study, one of the commentaries said that David's faith and persistence is rewarded. He spent time considering and feasting, being satisfied with knowing God even at night. I'll skip ahead here. Verse 7 says, Because thou hast been thy help, therefore in the shadow of my wings I shall rejoice. My soul falleth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth thee. We need to remember that God loves you and God defends you is the next one. Verse 9 says, But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. So David's satisfied with God's love at the beginning, but now he's talking about the people that are against him. He looks towards God for punishment for the wicked. Verse 10 says, They shall fall by the sword. Thou shalt be a portion for foxes. Now the, the, Greek, the Greek word, the Hebrew word actually works better for jackals instead of foxes. Well, this is not a jackal. This is a lion. A lion, and this is a, a leopard. These are two animals that are predators of jackals. These animals eat first. The jackal waits off to the side. This is a hyena. A hyena also waits to the side, waits for the lions to get done and the cheetahs to get done. Then they go get food, and then they have the little jackal, who's tiny. They didn't have this. This is a saber cat. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's way bigger than a jackal. They did at some point, but they're not around us anymore. So God considers the wicked. When he says that, and David's talking about that they're not even worthy to be eaten by a lion or a leopard. Just a little, tiny, little jackal. So God knows. In other words, God knows what they are. Verse 11 says, But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of him that speak lies shall be stopped. So he gives us hope and promises of justice. So, and he uses the royal title king, the idea that God is still working and that we can trust in his promises, that he wins and that he has won. So there's three things. We remember that God loves you. Be persistent. Remember in the good times. So then the bad times, you can rejoice and worship in him. Remember that God is satisfying instead of the sin that you find so easy to do. Or run to the Lord instead. And remember that God defends you. He's on your side. He'll keep you and protect you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your graciousness and again and your love for us, that you desire for us to remember you, that you show us your goodness, and that we can be deeply, deeply satisfied with you. 
I pray, Father, for myself and, and for those here that we would remember to be deeply satisfied with you, Lord. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.